0: to the Within the Musician podcast. This show is a place of discovery for our students, performers, educators, and future educators. My name is Monica Williams. I'm a flutist, teaching artist, recording artist, performer, and lifelong learner. Join me and my guests each week as we explore why music matters. We talk about the struggles and the triumphs, but above all we draw inspiration from one another as we explore ways to make ourselves happier and healthier human beings. I'm super excited to have my next guest on the show. Her name is Sherry Finzer. She is a dear friend of mine, and I asked her to come by to talk about New Age music, what it is, and why it has the power to heal. And right now, more than ever, I think we could all use a little healing. On this episode, we're gonna talk about what New Age music is, Um, But also what mindfulness is and how music can help us be more mindful. Before I bring Sherry on, let me tell you a little bit more about her. She is the owner of Heart Dance Records, which happens to be the label that my music is on. Sherry also is a flutist and she specializes in low flutes alto, bass, contrabass, and many Native American flutes, and she has recorded 27 New Age and contemporary instrumental CDs and a ton of singles, and she's one of the founders of the Mindful Music Association. So I am going to bring Sherry on and welcome Sherry.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Wow. Did I really record 27 albums?
0: <laughs> that's what it says on your website. I, I, I you know, I yeah. was, I was curious because I knew it's been a ton. I'm like 27. That's amazing. That that's sounds pretty-
1: like a lot, but um, yeah, I've done so many collaborations. I, I lose track.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's, it seems like you're always releasing stuff. I wouldn't doubt at all that it was 27 Um <laughs> you're 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 just a machine of music in a good way not a machine but in a, a, you are producing stuff all the time so uh, we also have the same kind of similar type of classical backgrounds can you tell me a little bit about how you started um, from your classical background and how you got into new age music
1: yeah um so like many of us uh, there was a day in elementary school where, we could sign up to be in bands and have the opportunity to go and look at the instruments and try the instruments. And I knew as soon as I saw the flute, that, that was my instrument. There was no other instrument I wanted to try. The flute was it, um, took it home. Um, I had lessons of course in school, but, uh, I was just playing all the time. I just loved it. And, um, I remember I started in fifth grade, and at the end of fifth grade, we had a spring band concert, and the, uh, the band director had asked me if I would play a solo, and I, I was taking private lessons. So I guess this was actually in sixth grade, so after two years of playing, um, I was playing uh, a Handel sonata <laughs> at a band concert in sixth grade, Um, so that's how much I loved it and that's how much I practiced. Um and at the time it for me it was escape, I think. And I didn't really realize that till much later in my adult years that music was therapy for me way back then. Mm -hmm. Um but again, like many of us, I went through taking private lessons and uh being in bands and orchestras through school, um, competing for, you know area all state and all county and all state and all those those wonderful things that we do as classically trained (laughs) uh, people Mm -hmm. and uh, i put the flute away actually um i decided to uh not go on with my studies i decided to get married raised a family did many different jobs did many volunteer jobs at the schools and um I would pull the flute out now and then, and I played in some community orchestras, but uh, nothing serious. And when my uh, older son, Nick, started playing trombone in fourth grade, I really, really missed playing. So that's when, as an adult, I went back to studying again and taking private lessons. Um, I ended up, my t- my teacher, Glenda Dove-Polito, um, was so encouraging. and. Uh, told me I needed to do uh, a competition in Rochester. I was in Rochester, New York at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a flute association there, and they had an adult category for their competition. So she convinced me I needed to do this competition. And I thought she was crazy because I hadn't really studied seriously in so long. And um, a lot had happened to me um, between high school and I think this was the year 2000. I went back to studying seriously. Um, When I was younger, I had terrible stage fright. I had gotten over that by uh, becoming a group exercise teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I did this competition, we had to go out on stage. uh, And there was just the three judges sitting there. And it was the first time in my life I had actually enjoyed playing. And I didn't care if I won or lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to go and enjoy playing. And that's what I did. And ended up winning that. And then I started doing larger competitions like the National Flute Association competitions. And so I was back in doing the classical music again. But in 2005, my husband had a job offer out in Phoenix. So we decided to take that offer and we moved to Phoenix. and. I connected with the Flute Society out here, um, auditioned for many of the community flute choirs, but you know, those positions were all taken and I couldn't really work my way into the classical scene out here. And I happened to be teaching at a music studio in Ahwatukee called Music Makers Workshops. And there was a guitarist in the other room um, and I would hear him practicing and he would do some jazz, light jazz, some new age music, mm-hmm. and uh, so I approached him about uh, playing together, and we ended up doing a recording together, which was my first solo recording desert journey way back when. And it was not my own music. it was uh, music composed by Rick Flouting, who was on the album, and also Christopher Caliendo. so it was oh. doing one of Christopher's music at the time. Mm-hmm. So we had done a recording. And I started meeting other musicians and other genres. We were experimenting. And I was working at the YMCA as a group exercise instructor. And I had done a fundraiser for them. One of um, one of the attendees bought that Desert Journey CD. And then she came into one of my classes and she said, Sherry, I just want to let you know that when I put this music on, and I don't know what her exact issue was. She told me that her hands shook all the time. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it was Parkinson's or something else. Mm -hmm. But she said, I just want to let you know that when I put your C D on, that my hands stop shaking, I can write and I can put my makeup on. So I wanted to let you know that. Mm -hmm. And nobody had ever said that to me before about my music or my playing. So I thought, well this could be really something to explore. Mm -hmm. How how powerful can music really be? you know, as a healing tool. So um, I had recently met John Herrera, who you have worked with on your series as well. And uh, he has a recording studio in Phoenix. And, you know, I shared my idea of, I would like to create some type of new age album, but I don't know how to start. I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. And he said, I can help you. Um, So that's how I got into recording what we call new age music. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in the studio uh, the first couple of times and, you know, as classical flutists we're trained to play really, really fast and play many many (laughs) notes within Mm -hmm. 60 seconds. And this was something completely different. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't about the notes. It was often about the space between the notes. Mm -hmm. And there would be several times I'd be in the studio and he'd say, you're not getting it just (laughs) go home and think about it and i'd be mad you know like "Mm." (laughs) it's not to me but once i actually really listened back i could tell no this isn't really relaxing and it isn't really doing what i wanted it to do so it was a whole learning experience and um i really i'm so grateful for this journey that i've been on and to lead me to where i'm at today and um, I'm probably you could call me a recording addict probably because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that recording addict yes yeah.
1: I just love being in the studio and creating mm-hmm. and
0: uh, yeah so you, yeah you bring me to my next question you've already touched on it a little bit is what is new mu- age music so I'm, I also record new age music and sometimes I struggle with this definition I, you know genres often kind of have um uh, parts of one another. How do you describe new age music to someone that's coming up? Like, I get classical, I get jazz. What is new age music?
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's such a, it's such a broad definition. <laughs> there's so many um, sub genres of new age. Um, the The term new age started back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, Enya was a very popular new age artist. Uh, David Arkenstone. Um, Paul Horn, uh, who was a jazz flutist, turned New Age flutist mm-hmm. uh, back in the day there. Um, some people would say that New Age is music where, um, where it doesn't fit into any other genre. <laughs> huh. um, but to me, it's down tempo. It's, mm-hmm. it's music, music that is more soothing relaxing, music that can bring the heart rate down, slow the breathing. Uh, Today we call it mindful music. We're
0: going to get to that in a
1: a second. Yeah. yeah, People have tried to move away from the term new age because it conjures up visions of crystals and, (laughs) uh, you know.
0: Right. You know, in some ways there is many parts that can pull, like there are elements of classical, there are elements of jazz. Um, But, you know, what you're describing it's almost as if th- this term was created with a purpose of intention for the music. I think that that's really specific to new age, you know, the purpose of creating calmness, the re- purpose of creating relaxation, the purpose of of using it in a in a way that creates mindfulness and it, there are classical pieces that can do that. I think that there's some classical pieces and many artists have actually even taken classical pieces and re-recorded them in a new age style. Yeah. Um but the the purpose of new age music i think has like this intention of creating an emotional state that's very specific you know the classical music you could have this it can be exciting it can be you know it can be relaxing but um there can be a, there's a wide spectrum of of intentional emotional experiences um so mm-hmm. that, you know i just kind of thought of that as you were speaking it just it really is a very intentionally focused Emotional experience that we're after.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hear from so many people that uh, let me know how my music has helped them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I create it, I guess my intent is yes, I wanted to help other people, mm-hmm. but I don't have like a specific intention. Um, I suppose I should back up on that because when I recorded with Darren Mahoney, the intention behind our album that we did together, Transformation, was to help people going through chemotherapy because of Darren's experience because he's right. a cancer survivor. So that that one had did have a specific intent, but in general, you know, I just wanted to help people. And then I hear from so many people, and the latest has been people reaching out to me with tinnitus. Now, I would have never thought that flute music would help with tinnitus. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because my dad uh, lost his hearing very early in the 30s, and he started wearing hearing aids. And he could never come to any of my concerts because he could not listen to the music. Uh-huh. And he couldn't listen to me playing the flute because it bothered his hearing aids. So in my mind, mm-hmm. I would never think of the flute being helpful for tinnitus because mm-hmm. of that, because of that experience I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the technology um, has come so far that they actually have what they call masking programs that people can put on their phone and they run the music through it, and it goes into their hearing aids. Uh, it's just like you know. Over- wow, I didn't
0: know that. That's that's pretty. That's yeah. pretty cool.
1: I've wow. learned so much the last couple of months. So. Hmm. I'm like really, my music can help with tinnitus. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes sense to me because it
0: is it is calming, and um I know that they recommend for that that you use you know noise machines or soothing music to help like you know um mask that that sound. So and, and it's it's much better than a white noise machine to have nice soothing yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it, it's it's in the background, you know.
1: So it's mm-hmm. like running in in the background in their head. So it's not like they're actually listening Mm -hmm. to the notes of it, but they're using it as like a white noise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's
0: very cool. And so that, that kind of sums up what, what a, what new age music is. I mean, it really is. It's like you said, that's so broad and wide um, to, Mm -hmm. in, in contemporary music, you know, contemporary instrumental music, which is, it can have similar um, undertones, So that's a hard one. Those two categories are hard for me, you know, new age music and contemporary instrumental. They have a lot of yeah. similarities.
1: Because so, you um, can, uh, there's so much music that falls under new age. Like we're flutists. Um, there's many pianos, solo piano, piano with different instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are vocalists that are new age, like Enya. Mm-hmm. Um, acoustic guitar. Um, there's even electronic guitarists that are considered new age because it's more ambient. Like like Mm -hmm. John Pierce does all the ambient guitar. Mm -hmm. So there's just such a wide array (laughs) Mm -hmm. of what Mm -hmm. falls under new age.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, I, as a teacher, I'm always, you know, being classically trained, I like there's there's elements of my daily routine in classical that I feel have the intention of new age music, for example, long tones, you you mentioned the space between the notes, a long tone is in many ways, an element of new age music to make us to make a note travel with intention and 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 go somewhere. So you know, that is that is super important in all music. But um, really, for new age music, you can take one note and say so much with one note. Exactly. And you know, as a we we both are grew up on, on classical, you know, a lot of times when I was younger, it was just part of the thing. Like you did long tones. I didn't think necessarily, I didn't really immerse myself into that experience, which is breath and exhaling the breath to create sounds that has, um, a purpose. And, um, so I always try and, um, especially now during COVID really express that, that even long tones are a purpose of like, it's an, it's, you're creating music, you're composing music really right, right. Just doing one note. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, Isn't it amazing? Like, I remember like, I don't have time to do long tones. (laughs) (laughs) I have to play all these scale patterns.
0: Yeah. No, I did them, but I was guilty of of um thinking about so many other things. I wasn't in the moment. And that's another element of mindfulness. So, so let's talk about mindfulness. What is mindfulness? And this is a term I feel like it I feel like it's used a lot more. Maybe it's just the things that I've been following and the my my social media tendencies, but this term mindfulness feels like it's emerging more and more. What is it? What would you you tell people? What is mindfulness?
1: Well, I suppose my definition is um, to me, being mindful is paying attention to yourself, to what's going on in your mind, to what's mm-hmm. going on in your body. Uh, also paying attention to what's going on around you mm-hmm. and with other people. Um, I think because, you know, we're, always so busy in our day-to-day lives I think you know COVID has changed that a lot Mm -hmm. I think people are now taking more time for themselves to be mindful Mm -hmm. Um, I know when it first started and everything was going on lockdown like I actually started cooking again you know Mm -hmm. I'm like wow um I'd forgotten how to cook. I'd forgotten how good food can actually taste when you make it at home. And mm-hmm. um, so I think it's just being aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people use uh, meditation, mm-hmm. and yoga, uh, coming back to the breath. A lot right. of that a lot throughout the day. Um As, you know, tensions may build, it's sometimes I just have to take a moment and say, "Okay, just step away and just Mm -hmm. breathe for a little bit. Right.
0: I Um, like your example of cooking, because I think that um, at least uh, some of the people that I've talked to, when they think of mindful, they think of the meditation. and, And that's sometimes hard to do, to sit in complete silence. And you can have mindful moments all the time right the cooking you can feel the you can feel the vegetables you can really be mindful in chopping the vegetables you can be um breathing as you do it it's in the experience rather than multitasking a zillion things which i'm guilty Uh of like yeah
1: well even when i'm walking the dog it's you know i try to look at the flowers Mm -hmm. and the trees and the birds on the trees and try to notice things that I may have neglected noticing before because I was always in such a rush.
0: I like that idea. Like you can be mindfully walking too. mindfully. That's a thing, you know, mindful walking um, and and take the time to do all five senses. That's a that's a meditation that I like. It's not really meditation. Backtrack that. Um, That's an experience that my therapist encourages me to do because it's taking account of the mindfulness. So, like, look at three things, smell three things, taste three things, you know, so or one thing. Mm-hmm. kind of gets you in out of your head and out of thoughts and into the moment so that you can be presence and yeah. in your body and grounded and you use the the idea of breath that's a really a, that's you don't wear a wind instrument but you know that the idea of breath is an anchor but music i think how do you feel about this? Like music, I feel like is almost an anchor if you needed one. If you were working on being more mindful, and I think that's back to what you're saying about healing. That's kind of that um, the idea is that you you can be grounded in breath, but also grounded in sounds, and re- that helping the the sound helping you reduce your heart rate and get into the mm-hmm. to the moment of mindfulness.
1: Well, we were talking that I've been doing a lot of live streaming and um, just meditative music i call i call what i do flute meditations and uh, and i always say in those live streams that this is therapy for me also to be here doing this for you is therapy for me like maybe mm-hmm. i've had a stressful day and this is going to lower my heart rate uh, you know to play the flute you have to be in control of your breath you know yeah. play any instrument Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the insight timer app that, that Sherry is referencing, which is, it's, it's mm-hmm. purpose is to help with meditation, right? To med- meditation and mindfulness, yeah. um, and,
1: yeah, um, just
0: live streams, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. When do you started, do those? Well, the app started with guided meditations and it's branched out into, um, uh, many other things. There's, there's yoga on there. Um, uh, there's music on there. I have music on there. Uh, And they started doing live streaming this this summer. So um, if anybody wants to catch me on there, you can go to InsightTimer.com and follow me and then you should get a notification when I live stream. But I've been trying to be on twice a week. Um, This week I was on Tuesday morning and last night. Next week I chose two evenings it? okay. So I mix it up. And um, what is so cool about that is there are people from all over the world. So if I'm streaming in the morning here, it's uh, like evening in Australia. It's just, you know, um, mm. so there's just, I've made connections with so many people from all over the world. And being on that platform is such a great, loving and caring community. And I feel like they've all become part of my family. I have regulars that are there for every live stream. And it's just like, hey, hey, how are you? Yeah. And um, it's been a great experience. So um, if anybody's interested in meditating, you don't have to go on there to listen to me or my music. But uh, uh, it's a great place to start if you've never done any meditation. There's from two minute meditations to, you know, an hour long meditations.
0: Right, for every moment. And I'll put that in the episode notes too. So if you didn't catch that and as well as some other places to um follow Sherry, you can always look in the episode notes. We'll we'll get that there. Um so that's that's like a good definition of mindfulness. Now I know that you're also one of the founders of the Mindful Music Association, MMA, which always makes me think of mixed martial arts, but like I like <laughs> I the mindful music better. Um tell us about that. What your what's what's up with that group and what's your intention and um I know that they have an opportunity for people that are doing new age music to be on a um, compilation. So, tell
1: us about that. Well, the Mindful Music Association was started uh, by myself, Andy Mitron, and El Jewer a few years ago. Um, we had all met uh, via the Zone Music Reporter Awards, which is a, a music chart for new age music. And they had an award show every year in New Orleans. And I miss it. I so want to go back. Yes. So, you know, we made so many great connections with people there. Yes. Um, so we were just looking for a way to expand upon what they had started and start um, trying to help spread the word about how this music can be used. It can be used in classrooms, it can be used by yoga instructors, uh, you know, meditation centers. Um, uh, so many so many people, and I think, you know, we were first trying to target teachers mm-hmm. to use this music in the classroom, and then that's when COVID hit. But um, we have brought about some live concerts. Uh, we had a big symposium a few months ago where we had workshops on music and healing. We had music therapists on. Uh, We had some business-type classes for musicians. So it's not open to just musicians. It's open to anybody interested in this style of music, Mm -hmm. mindful music. And uh, so our next project is a compilation that will be released, I think, we're shooting for May. Mm -hmm. But if there's anybody out there that creates this type of music, um, down-tempo, slow, spacious, healing music, uh, and is interested in being on that compilation, there is a way to submit the music, and it goes through a committee for approval. And uh, if anybody wants information on that, they can visit the Mindful Music Association website, so mindfulmusicassociation.com. And you can just send an email through there. Um, If they want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, I know they've been posting information about that's okay. awesome. And
0: I'll put those on the episode notes too. So that, that would be a good opportunity. What about teachers? So I know that that was like uh, one of the initial missions. A lot of people are teaching still. I mean, California is still in shutdown. And everyone's yeah. doing their own thing. Every state is doing their own thing. Don't get me started. But what about teachers that might be looking for some activity um, that includes mindfulness, which I think is super needed right now? Um, can they get a hold of your music? or the, the music of the organization to oh, use in there and how would they go about doing that? Can, is it on a absolutely. Spotify playlist or is, what, what's, what would be easily accessible for yes. teacher, teachers to use in the classroom to help with mindfulness?
1: Yes. Um, the first compilation we put together, A Better Life, is available on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon. It's also on Bandcamp. We do have physical CDs if anybody's interested in that, and we're happy to just give those away to any teachers or therapists. Or uh, that's awesome. So I'll put the
0: the the um, information on that. But I think you know the idea of bringing mindfulness into the classroom, which is now a, a you know someone's home, and it really does take a lot more, a, a little bit more. Focus or or work to be present when you have a lot of distractions. You know, I think this is what I've been hearing and seeing from a lot of students. You know, when you're in a classroom, uh, you know the teacher has control of the environment. When you are in your own home, you don't have control of the student's environment so you know to help students become mindful and take some some time out to just sit there and listen to music or um, listen to a music music with a video bring in some maybe some guided imagery into it I think it'd be really nice to include if teachers aren't including it so hopefully there'll be someone up there that will take you up
1: on that yeah because originally we're you know Teachers were in classrooms when we started mm-hmm. trying, trying yeah. to get the music out, uh, and I honestly I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how they are able to control a classroom via Zoom. I just it's
0: hard. I think that you know it's 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 hard, but you I think you learn a long way. Sister teaches kindergarten, so I hear some of the I hear some of the stories of of siblings coming in and the things that you have to say in order to you know. to get control of your classroom. Like, no, don't bring your computer into the bathroom with you, you know, things like
1: that that are like, but I've even heard some parents say, Oh, you know, they want my kid to sit in front of this computer for, you know, so many hours. It's not going to happen. You know, I'm going to let my kid get up and wander. He's not going to sit there for, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just like, then how do the teachers even teach? (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think they're doing a great job. But I think that, you know, I, I, I talk about this in some of the the other episodes that I think that it's made a lot of us better teachers because it got it shook things up to the core. Like you you have to reimagine your teaching. And a lot of the things that I, I learned as a, you know, a music um instructor will carry through to in-person teachings because I was forced to do things differently. Well, I really like this element of it. So for if teachers are listening and haven't included mindfulness and you hadn't thought of it, maybe this would be a, a good thing to um, or th- an activity that goes along with music. I think that that would be really helpful. So hopefully.
1: Well, yeah. A lot of people use this music uh, while they're studying. You know, it's mm-hmm. just it can be just used as background music. Yeah.
0: And I know even teachers are in high school groups, they're putting students in, you know, breakout rooms just with an activity. I, I, mm-hmm. I think you can do music just only in that breakout room, you know, for to help um, the, the students that want some sounds to help them focus um, and tune in and be mindful to what is going on in the class. Um, versus your own environment. Um, if you have siblings yeah. around and and parents working, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot more people in the home these days due to the to the situation.
1: Yeah, and I'd be interested if anybody has ideas on how we can reach out to teachers now that are teaching online. You know, mm-hmm. in in a mass quantity. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's I'll, a way to do that, so it's not you know trying to reach out to one in a, time not that we can't do that, but which is, that's just very time consuming. Mm-hmm. I if there's some type of organization we might reach out to um, mm-hmm. that would be interested in using this music or getting it out mm-hmm. to the teachers, that would be very helpful.
0: Yeah, that sounds like so. I'll put your your email and, and contact in the episode notes as well. So if anyone has ideas, they can they can reach out to you. Um, so you also have created a record label, Heart Dance Records. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you tell us why you started started this and um, and your experience
1: with that? Yeah, it, it kind of goes along with the you know my whole journey of trying to help others mm-hmm. through music. And, um, the label just started out with my own music for a few years. And, you know, I, there was just a time after being at the zone music reporter awards, I just decided we need more of this music in our world. Uh, more people need to hear this music. People are stressed out. Kids are stressed out. Um, -hmm. you know, what can I do to help? So this, this was my idea of, of helping by creating this label uh, with other artists who have you know similar desires and mm-hmm. want their music to help others. Mm-hmm. So it has just grown over the years. It's been a lot of work, but it's mm-hmm. also very very satisfying, very, very satisfying um, to know that um, not only my music, but the music of others on the label like yours mm-hmm. is being used by so many people around the world mm-hmm
0: that's awesome and you know i think that i was it was reminded of an episode that we did earlier in the season with Catherine amanette who who talked about being a portfolio musician and that you are you are the the um you know a great example of that to diversify your income streams right now by recording and teaching performing you know all of those all of those um streams i think that that's as artists, if we're to prevail during this time, I think it's important to, um, to really think outside of you, what you normally did, especially performing artists, if you're performing and you hadn't thought about recording, um, as, as an income stream, you know, to be thinking about that. Um, so, Cause that's, that's, you're, you're, really good at what you do. And I also think about like the, the upbringing that you had in terms of, you know, the, the classical and then into the new age and, and all the jobs, like the YMCA you mentioned, all of those are really important because they don't teach you business and music. They do not teach you how yeah. to, to live as an artist. And while, While the intention and we're very similar this way is to bring healing and to bring bring that you still have to put food on the table, you still have to be able to create otherwise there's there's no there's there's no. Um, means for that, so I, I like that you know you you found and you're helping artists find income streams and ways to get their music out there so that they can create more music so they can go in hire producers like John Herrera and and creates and um and bring more music to the to the world, right?
1: Yeah, I've never been one to put all of my eggs in one basket, as they say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But then sometimes I overcommit because I have so many, so many things spinning at once. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I recently met uh, a musician who lives here in the Phoenix area who moved here from New York city about a year ago. And he was just strictly a performing musician so I was talking to like, you know, why don't you record? Well, there's no money. You can't make any money. Uh, there's no money in streaming. Well, there can be, but it's it's work, you know, like anything else to get your music out there and get it heard. Um, some people just, I don't know. They don't
0: try it. Yeah. It's not going to, that, that if you're looking at that as a sole means, again, with the diversifying your income stream, that that would not be quite so smart. Um, but it can be one channel of it and it is possible. It it is possible.
1: Yeah, you know, there's, there's so many baskets that, you know, there's just a little money here and a little money there and a little money there, but it all adds up in the end. And, uh, Yeah. So I don't know. I I enjoy helping artists. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know where to collect their royalties from. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I've always been one to, to enjoy helping others since my kids were little, you know, I volunteered in the schools on the PTA and all that stuff, band boosters, all that stuff. I just, Mm -hmm. that's just my personality, I guess, is to always want to help people.
0: And you do a great job at it. How many artists do you have under the Heart, um, heart Dance Records now? How many? What are, what are we up to?
1: Um, the last time I actually counted, we were over 50, but I bet we're approaching 60 right now. Um, we're bringing one, two, three, four new artists on in this first quarter of this wow. year. Wow. Cool. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll put the website link there. There's lots of great music. And I think you have links to artists and, and where to, to find yeah. other people. Too. So yeah, so but I'll link that there. Um, and then, you know, this, as I mentioned, in the the intro notes, this whole series of podcasts really is um, has a lot to do with why music matters and I think we touched a lot on that why music matters we need healing we need this but now we're in a time and we'll talk about the the performing arts of this we're in a time where performing arts although you've been doing some performing I'm going to ask you about that um, is is, you know hard to get to and Broadway is closed we we know all these things why does music matter
1: more than ever well the healing aspect of music uh it, it can help with the healing it can bring joy it can help you release uh pent-up emotions <laughs> sometimes you just need to have a good cry you know mm-hmm. and maybe there's a particular song that you hear that will help trigger that um but it, i mean we're, we're we're losing the arts for sure by having all these places closed down mm-hmm. uh it's very sad. It's very sad to see this. Um, I I really hope it comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who knows what the future holds, but gosh, this has been such a devastating year for the arts. You know? It
0: has. It has. My hope is, is that by having the absence of so many things like live performances, like going out to eat, the simple luxuries that hopefully it'll be valued a little bit more. People don't, you know, I think that we get to take it for granted that you can go and out for a dinner and a show and and mm-hmm. have the arts or go to a museum and and um just by having it removed um from the at least the live perspective you can hear the recorded streaming um hopefully it'll make people value that um more and
1: hopefully hope they'll so. throw support that way. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope they don't forget. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. people can so easily forget, you know mm-hmm. and, and I just hope we don't get used to doing everything online for the rest of our lives so that we can go out and socialize again someday mm-hmm. and gather and, and go to these shows and go to these concerts. So yes. I,
0: and you actually brought the music literally outside. Tell us what you did. Um, early pandemic. And I think you've kept it Phoenix. is probably not that What? You, what, what you're, you're not, you don't get cold. <laughs> you're not,
1: well, cold. It it is, <laughs> but not as cold as oh. other places. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So tell us what you've um, what you've been doing in terms of live performing. I know you did. You've been doing some stuff in your neighborhood, but you also did one with Will Clipman, And that was pretty cool. Socially distanced thing. Tell us about that.
1: Uh, When everything started shutting down. um, I was trying to figure out what what can I do? I can't go anywhere, but, you know, what can I do to use my music to help others? Mm-hmm. So I basically just set up in my driveway and my our street's kind of a busy street. It's like, you know, 25 miles per hour. <laughs> so it's not, um, you know, it's not a highway, but there's, there's traffic going.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I would just set up in my driveway, bring my sound system out there and I would just play. And my neighbors would hear and they'd pull their chairs out and sit in their driveway. And then we kind of spread around and then, more people would come in their little golf carts and park or, you know, pull up in their cars and put the windows down and listen. Mm -hmm. And it got to be where I was putting signs outside the next time I was going to play because people wanted to know. Uh, So I just got those like drive-in driveway concerts. Mm -hmm. And um, then when, uh, like they said, no, no more gatherings of 10 people or more, I I decided I couldn't do that anymore because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to cause anybody to catch COVID. Of course, um, I mean, people say it's pretty spread out, but um, I just got a little worried, so I stopped doing that. And um, I actually had a tour planned in June with Will Clipman, and we had like five dates, and they were all originally indoor concerts and. Mm-hmm three of our hosts were able to change that to us being able to play outdoors Mm -hmm. Uh, so we're able to salvage that um we did in a show with gary schmidt up in uh lakewood colorado uh we played on somebody's deck uh in front of the small lake and people were just spread out on the lawn so there are ways to make it work um Mm -hmm. Then in the summer here, it gets very hot. So it's too hot to play outside. It's kind of like opposite seasons. Mm -hmm. I I explain it that way. Like when you're back east, you stay inside in the winter. We stay inside in the summer Mm -hmm. because it's just too hot. Um, And then uh, I had this idea to bring concerts out to the neighborhood again when the weather cooled down. So now I call them cul-de-sac concerts. So we look for... Uh, streets where there's a cul-de-sac and we try to find uh, a host. So somebody that lives in the Mm -hmm. cul-de-sac that's willing to host and uh, let us plug in our sound system (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they don't really have to do anything, but just let us plug in their sound system. And of course we have to keep um, some space open for uh, vehicles to get in or emergency vehicles to get in if, if that was ever necessary, but people just come and they, they, either walk and stand and listen, or they bring lawn chairs and they mm-hmm. set up the street. Um, so I did one, uh, Darren Mahoney and I did two of them, uh, November and December, I think. And mm-hmm. we probably had 50 people there and we just put out a, you know, a bucket of people wanna donate. And um, a lot of people are very generous uh, in giving money. And Bottles of wine too. <laughs> those are always very appreciated. Um, so those have worked well. It's it's been cold. You know the holidays came. We did we did uh, a concert. I think the be- first weekend of December, and uh, we haven't done another one since because that like cold to us is uh, anything under eighty. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, no, it's been, like, in the 40s and 50s, so it's been a little bit cool um, uh-huh. to play outside. But I'm hoping um, Will Clipman and I will probably do one pretty soon now that it looks like it's going to start warming up a little bit.
0: That's awesome. You know, and I, I love that you found a way to, to actually – Keep live music going, and um, I know that I was at one of Sherry's house concerts, which was very cool. You know that's very hard right now during COVID, but right. it's pretty much like a house concert, but I'm um, not in a house. Um, right. which is which is. And Still.
1: people are so appreciative. Um, mm-hmm. like, Thank sure. you. Thank you so much for doing this. Like we haven't been to hear any live music, you know? Yes. Uh, so if you can find a way to do it outdoors, uh, your neighbors will love you. They will love you. They really will. Mm
0: -hmm. That's pretty cool. And, you know, like I was talking with a student recently, I think that just that experience of something different in your day can really help someone because although this was a long year, I had this conversation with a high school student, it seemed almost as if to her that it was just a blur like one day went into the other day, went into the other day without the activities and the different environments and such. So, you know, just experiencing an event that's just slightly different can, can bring structure and bring some, some new experience and, and energy to someone. So that's, that's really great that.
1: Yeah. It gives people something to look forward to. You know? mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. great and that's great advice my, my next question was going to be like what advice do you have for artists during the time i think that that's a great piece of advice which is if there's a way for you to yeah. to continue doing your your live music in some form whether it be and i know you do a lot of you know even facebook live streams a lot of people started that mm-hmm. um you know just to share your music or um with another person
1: um so. yeah I was listening to uh your podcast with Teresa and she was she was doing the nursing homes mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. Uh, that is another way i I had just started playing live in the nursing homes last January and February. I remember uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. and then uh, they had somebody that was trying to do the live streams um uh, mm-hmm. through zoom and it, it just it, it may work for other instruments, but it just does not work for the flute. Um, mm-hmm. So I could never make that happen. So I'd be, I'd be interested in finding out how Teresa did that, what platform they mm-hmm. used for that. Mm-hmm. But um, if you can find a way to do that, oh, my gosh, uh, those senior residents, they mm-hmm. would eat up the music. It doesn't matter if you play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. They will mm-hmm. – <laughs> They will mm. love anything that you play.
0: Right. I actually have a high school student, Arhan. You know him. He's interned mm-hmm. intern for you a little bit. Um, but he is doing that. He's been doing that for years, actually. And he continued it with um, with Zoom. But here's the thing is that it was a little bit of music and it's a lot of conversation. So, you know, talking mm-hmm. about the music and, um, you know, just getting people to to um, see something different in their day and add structure to, I think, the 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 senior resident Definitely. living you know um might not be the best musical delivery of a of of it with the equipment and platform but
1: they don't know. care they yeah. don't care they they just love to have somebody to talk to <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they love any kind of music really they do yes Well, that's awesome. So speaking of
0: music, um, I, at the beginning, played a little bit of Sherry's music and I'm going to play what you're hearing right now is a little Sherry's music. Um, And you can find Sherry Finzer's music any platform. So just type her music into any platform and it will bring you one of the 27 CDs that she (laughs) has has played. I'm going to put all of her links so that you can follow her for both the music, um, the Mindful Music Association, Heart Dance Records, Insight Timer, um, as well as her website. So check her out and we'll have to have her on. I would love to have you on at some point to talk about more of the business end of the label. Sure. Um, I think it will be a different, a different episode. So I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Um, if you would like, share, subscribe and review, that would help us be recognized on more platforms. And until next week, bye-bye.